the UC Climate Solutions Channel, an online hub for the latest research and best practices from the University of California to address the impacts of climate change. See how you can help at uctv.tv slash climate solutions. Uh, my name is Santana Vergara. I am a postdoc in Wendy Silver's lab at UC Berkeley. And today I want to talk to you about an extremely low-tech solution that we've been working on in the Silver Lab. Okay, so a lot of people may not know that we are near a tipping point. This is from the latest IPCC report, and they state that a large fraction of climate change is irreversible on a multi-century to millennial timescale, except in the case of a large net removal of CO2 from the atmosphere over a sustained period. So what this is saying is that reducing our emissions to zero is actually not enough. We need to do it. But we also need to find a way to take carbon out of the atmosphere where we don't want it and store it somewhere else where maybe we do want it. So one option for storage is in our soil. Soil is already the largest terrestrial carbon sink, and it stores more than the atmosphere and vegetation combined. So if we think about this challenge from the IPCC, maybe we can take carbon out of the atmosphere and store it in the soil. Um, most managed lands right now are degraded with respect to carbon. So that means that there is potential for these soils to store more than they are right now. This is probably a familiar graph to most of you. It's the Keeling curve. On the y-axis, it shows atmospheric CO2 concentrations, and the x-axis is time, starting in the 1950s. And this graph shows us two main things. The first is not surprising. CO2 concentrations are going up. The second thing it shows, though, is this interesting annual cycle where CO2 goes up, CO2 goes down, CO2 goes up, CO2 goes down. And what's happening there is photosynthesis. So when plants grow in the spring and the summer, they're using energy from sunlight, they're taking up CO2, and they're releasing oxygen. As they take up CO2, the global concentrations of CO2 are dropping. And then in the fall and winter, when these plants senesce, die, decompose, they're releasing it again. So if we return to this challenge from the IPCC, can we take carbon out of the atmosphere and store it somewhere else? We actually know that this is already possible, and plants are already doing it. But can we find a way to enhance that natural carbon sequestration that's already happening? So when we thought about an experiment to test this question, um, uh, the Silver Lab started by talking to farmers and ranchers, um, because they know a lot about their soil. And we asked them, what do you do to increase the carbon in your soil? And they said, compost and manure. So we listened to them, and we took two very high-emitting sources of waste. Um, on the top, we have a, a landfill. Um, so we took food waste, diverted it from a landfill where it would ordinarily emit powerful greenhouse gases like methane, and took manure, which would ordinarily go into these anaerobic ponds, where they'd also be releasing methane and nitrous oxide. And we instead rerouted them. So instead of them being waste, they became a feedstock. We composted them, and we applied the compost to grasslands in California. And what we found was very surprising. So we did a one-time application. I want to stress this. Just one time, half an inch of compost in 2008. And we measured, on the y-axis here, is net primary production. So that's fancy talk for plant growth. And on the x-axis, we have time. So we applied once in 2008. And then we can see that for every year we measured since, 2009, 10, 11, 12, 
the composted plots grew more plants than did the control plots. So that's very exciting, right? That means that these plants are photosynthesizing more, they're pulling more carbon out of the atmosphere. But you might be asking yourself, well, maybe we're growing more plants, but maybe when these plants die, they're just re-releasing all that carbon back to the atmosphere, and that's not much of a sink. But no, we also measured soil organic carbon. So on the y-axis, soil organic carbon, and the x-axis, again, is time. And I want to stress again, one-time application, 2008. And we measured soil organic carbon, and we found that soil organic carbon in composted plots was higher than soil organic carbon in the control plots. So this shows that this one-time application at this site in, in Marin, California, um, led to the movement of carbon from atmosphere to plant and into the soil. We also did a life cycle assessment looking at the net greenhouse gas emissions from the use of compost as compared to the use of manure and fertilizer as soil amendments. And the key takeaway from this slide is that compost is the only greenhouse gas sink of the three. And the main benefit from compost actually derives from what I mentioned earlier. We're diverting what would ordinarily be waste in, in a very high-emitting stream. The food and the manure, instead of becoming sources, are becoming sinks of greenhouse gases. One other thing I want to point out about this slide is that the red bar that you see over here um, in the compost is actually very highly uncertain. We don't have a good handle on emissions from the composting process itself. So that is one of the projects we're working on now. Uh, we have highly instrumented uh, compost piles in Marin County, again, and we're measuring, continuously measuring nitrous oxide, methane, and CO2 from the pile. And we have two basic science questions. One is, what are the greenhouse gases that are emitted during composting, and how, how much is emitted? And the second question is, can we understand what the key drivers are of these emissions? Uh, what are the variables that lead to the emissions of these important greenhouse gases? Uh, and if we can understand these variables, then we can understand how to minimize emissions from composting. So one example of a variable might be the ratio of manure to woody waste, or basically the nitrogen to carbon ratio. Um, we're also very interested in scaling up our, our results and seeing to what extent uh, these might apply to a larger scale. So in California, we're doing a modeling exercise where we're looking at the best use of organic waste feedstocks in California, so food waste, green waste, manure. Um, we're also doing some field experiments where we are looking at how soils in other rangeland ecosystems might respond to compost addition. And finally, at the global scale, you guys should check out Allegra Mayer's poster because her PhD project is looking at whether changing land use management can reduce the Earth's temperature by 0.1 degrees C. Thank you very much, particularly to our funders.